Bonjour everyone and welcome to Casseleline, the French football podcast brought to you by Breaking the Lines Curated Football Opinion. Jump on the Breaking the Line website to read the latest article, uh, a nice presentation portrait of um, Enzo Fernandez, the new uh, Benfica midfielder and, and potentially the, the future of Argentina. Uh, there's also a good focus on, on Cristiano Ronaldo and, and what his summer has been about. And uh, finally, if you want to, to read uh, about one of the uh, future talents of Europe, Benjamin Sesco, uh, right now at RB Salzburg and who's going to join RB Leipzig at the end of the season. Jump also on all the Breaking the Line podcasts. Cortalinas is back on. Uh, Aira Dirigore is back on for Italian football. And of course, Tactics Room Season 2 is coming up by Will Fowler. And a spoiler alert, I will be in one of the episodes that will will be releasing soon. Today on Casseleline, of course, round two of Ligue 1, the nine games that were played, uh, and I'll be with my friend Baptiste from Le Classic Pod to, to discuss four or five topics specifically. So apologize if we don't cover every single team. We, we kind of focus on a few things, one of them being uh, Neymar's form. So I, I hope that you enjoy the podcast. Listen, subscribe, send all your questions. Let me know if um, you disagree with what we're saying or with our, our little production, uh, prediction, excuse me, until the end and uh and never hesitate to uh, to give us some feedback breaking the lines casseleline it's on now casseleline round Two is what we are looking at right now. Uh, Baptiste with me, Le Classic Pod. Baptiste, thank you again for uh, joining us on Castellini. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Jeremy. Always, always looking forward to this, especially after a great weekend of football in, in France. Exactly. Nine games were played this weekend. Quickly going to um, talk about the results uh, of the weekend. Of course, Lorient-Lyon has been postponed for uh, weather slash um, grass slash uh, Celtic festival slash something that happened in Lorient and and there's a bit actually of uh, of back and forth in in the media between uh, between the two presidents about whose fault it is that the game was postponed but uh, but anyway that was a bit of a of a classical uh, classic league and drama uh, over the weekend with with Lorient Lyon being postponed um, and nine nine games were played uh, so the results quickly Nantes and Lille drew one one Monaco and Rennes drew. Um, 1-1, Paris of course won 5-2 against Montpellier, uh, Ajaccio and Lens drew 0-0, uh, Auxerre and Angers drew 2-2, Clermont uh, went to win after being down 2-0, won 4-2 um, in Reims, Toulouse won at 3-3-0 and Nice-Strasbourg 1-1 and Brest-Marseille. 1-1, one, one. it's 1-2-3-4, it's, one, two, three, four. it's six, um, 6 out of 9 games who ended up in a, um, in a draw and only one win at home for uh, for Paris Saint-Germain. So uh, quite the interesting uh, round two in Ligue 1. Uh, three red cards, two red cards in the, on round one and three red cards on round two. Uh, we, we're progressing. Um, we we put a, a little agenda there to uh, to kind of follow what we're going to talk about. Uh, so we'll, we'll first, we'll talk a little bit about Neymar's form uh, and, and maybe extend a little bit to, to Paris Saint-Germain. Then we'll go to, to who's technically number two on the table right now, Marseille, to talk about the choices of Tudor and, and that game against Brest. 
Um, you, you've then watched Nice against Strasbourg, so we'll look a little bit at that slow start for Nice um, under Favre, uh, two game, two draw so far. Uh, and, and we'll cover Auxerre-Angers, that um, we haven't covered those teams uh, in, in round one. Uh, we'll talk about them a little bit more uh, and, and what that can mean for both teams. Uh, we'll finish by uh, our Twitter questions, three questions to answer today, because uh, that'll help us uh, cover um, m- most of the team, I think, um, by then. Um, let, let's kick off with uh, with Paris, with Neymar's form. Um, we quickly discussed it offline. It's it's the beginning of the season. It's against two teams that are deemed um, weak. What's your thoughts about Neymar all of a sudden waking up? I feel like you and me have said that in a pod uh, previously that um, he's still a human being and at one point he's going to be fed up with being called a waste when he's one of the best players in the world. Um, and it looked like these first three weeks, that's what's in his mind. Yeah, I mean, give, you know, give him credit where it's due. He's clearly, he's looking fitter than ever. He's even tracking back and pressing. <laughs> he, seem, he seems to be following instructions and he seems to be enjoying his football. I mean, there was, there's never been a doubt that Neymar is a wonderfully talented footballer. The questions have always been his fitness, his desire, and his his um, teamwork, I guess, would be that he can. He was often accused of being too individualistic, even though he can be a wonderful team player. And he seems to have answered all those questions at this moment in time, which is, which is great to see. Whether you like Neymar or not, I mean, you've got you've got to enjoy watching a wonderful football player in full flow, and that's what that's what he's done. So he's been he's been not often criticized sometimes unfairly sometimes fairly over the years and sometimes you just got to tip your hat to the guy who realizes that he needs to buckle up and um and he seems to have done that and and kudos to kudos to galtier as well because he seems to have bought into the galtier system and to be enjoying it two games two full games three goals three assists uh one of those goals on on penalty uh, statistically, it's it's the start, mm. uh, but but like you said, you know, it's uh, it doesn't look like an individuality above the collective. Mm. It looks like a, a nice little well-oiled collective that that um, Galchier put in place for those two games. Uh, again, we're talking about two two teams that are expected to to reach the the European um, spots at the end of the season. Um, mm. But but yeah, I was l- looking at how Paris was uh, were playing. Uh, I was looking a bit of their their shape on the um, on the field the past couple of games, and it all makes sense. And then looking at the stats, um, they are leading mm. in uh, in the amount of uh, of pressure in the attacking third. Um, so clearly they're working um, Neymar and and Messi and Mbappe, and then the two the two wing back who play uh, quite high. That also helps. Neymar as a whole, right? When mm. you have the two wing back playing where they're playing, he's much freer. He's not stuck onto the left side. Um, I, I quite enjoy this this tactical side of uh, of Galtier. Yeah, he's he's chosen players to play in position that they prefer to play in. <laughs> it, sense, it's right? a it's a long way of <laughs> saying football can be quite simple, and he's made it look very simple. I mean, we we've said about you know Neymar and Messi, they're aging. You know their defensive work has never been their forte in the first place, and they like to be involved in the center of the pitch with the ball at, at their feet um, because that's when they get interested, and that's when they get interesting. And 
you know, Galti has built a system that plays to those strengths and kind of frees them from the defensive work because Verratti and Vitinha are doing a hell, hell of a lot of work in there and there's a stronger basis with the three at the back. And it unleashes uh, Nuno Mendes and Hakimi, who've always been better wing-backs than full-backs. So, you know, smart smart management from, from Galtier. I, I think also a recognition from Neymar that maybe it's time for him to think about what sort of legacy he wants to leave at PSG. And um, it's, it had been one of disappointment, maybe, considering the outside, maybe outsized expectations that people had when he arrived. And uh, so, you know, better late than never, I suppose, especially as he's got a contract until 2027. Um, but it's, it's you know, like I said, you've got to give credit um, where it's due. And, and Neymar, for all his past failings, has certainly shown that he understands it now and he he wants to put in a shift. Now, it's August. <laughs> 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 They've played... Uh, against two teams that weren't aren't set or aren't particularly organized at this moment in time because it's August. Um, and we'll see with the World Cup being at the time that it is this year, and it might be Neymar's last World Cup. He's talked a lot about that, whether the desire will still be there. But certainly what's impressive with PSG and Neymar is they've looked very well drilled and they've looked very well organized and they've looked like they've, they're in, They've been playing together in that system for a while and they're enjoying it. And when you compare that to the end of the season with Pochettino, that's quite an achievement from from Galtier over his first few games. Yeah, night and day, uh, what, what, mm. how they were playing last year and how they're playing early this year. I, I think the World Cup is definitely a, uh, a factor there because those players, Neymar, Messi, um, you know, even... Marquinhos, Donnarumma, Mbappé, Ramos, all of them. Mm. Uh, they are gearing up for Qatar and, and to to try and see if they can get the spot. So they need to be good. I think it's going to hurt um, Ligue 1 in, in, a, uh, in a way that Paris Saint-Germain will probably only leave crumbs for the other team because mm. all those players are going to be uh, at their top level when it comes to World Cup. And I think... Um, PSG would be yeah would be well advised to try and get as many points as possible before that World Cup because um, after the World Cup some of those players uh, will probably be a bit affected psychologically remotivating them is going to be uh, a different story but but I, yeah to be honest um, it's also where the the recruitment I think has been smart because mm. players like Vitinha, Ekitike, Renato Sanchez might not be affected the way Messi, Neymar, Mbappe will be affected and they might see it as all right, those guys aren't 100%. It's my chance to to shine. And Sanchez scored a goal in five minutes already. Um, but yeah, I, I, look, I'm, I'm worried um, as a Marseille fan that Paris Saint-Germain is actually doing things the right way. Uh, mm. Like I said before, I'll say it again, if they win everything this year, well, they needed to have a, uh, a coach from Marseille on the bench to do it. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, try, I'll try and reconfort myself like this. But there's certainly a sense of a clean, fresh start at yeah. PSG. And it's it's amazing how simple choices and people who come with a legitimacy to the club ha- have an impact. You know, Campos and Galtier have come with a legitimacy. I know it was questioned on the Galtier side, but like we talked about previously, he has been the best manager in France over the last 10 years, probably. And he's come in seemingly very open-minded, 
and not again we've talked about it before but he's not been defensive in his approach um as to taking the job he's been very sort of congratulatory about his players complimentary about his players he's he's said himself you know i want to make sure that what didn't work last year between the th- main three works this year that's my main target for this year um and you can and you can uh, and off the pitch they've like you said their recruitment has been smart i think they've the fact that as much as i dislike the idea of a you know a, a loft where you just mm-hmm. you know you just send players um and tell them you know f off you're never going to play for mm-hmm. us again try and find yourself a club which i don't think is necessarily uh, you know the right way to do it and shows how terrible football is at <laughs> HR management, let's put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know that has also kind of left the club in a in a dressing room in kind of a healthy state, with people very clear as to what's expected of them. Of them, and you know they're reaping the benefits at the moment. Yeah, we we know that um, Galchier was a smart um, coach, and I think he's he's showing that right now. He's showing that mm. um, man managing is one of his. Um, highest quality and uh, and he's, he's showing it by by getting those players in shape quick enough um, and by playing to their strength and not trying to like uh, put a system in place that then hopefully the player will fit in mm. we I don't really want to talk about the <laughs> issue about Mbappé Neymar because I want to first see what went through but we are not avoiding it um, mm. uh, we just as we spoke about it offline, we just think it's a bit ridiculous. Um, Mbappé, though, will have to find his his place. We left him in in May with a new contract, a season where without him, you would almost think that PSG was in Conference League and and tenth on the on the table. Uh, and now we find him back two day two games too late, almost mm. um, in a Paris Saint Germain that is well oiled without him. Uh, that is well oiled with him, not at a hundred percent, despite him missing a penalty this weekend. Mm. Um, I hope, I sincerely hope, as a French fan, that that humbles him and that we see him just playing football and and focusing on what he does um, and, and scoring heaps of goals. Uh, but with that form from Neymar and that form from Messi, um, he's going to have to get used to just mm. not having the whole team relying on him. Yeah, I mean, it, it, PSG is like Man United. There's drama all the time, right? That's what sells at the moment. And mm-hmm. there are seemingly on social medias, there are people who are just total fanboys and just love a player and, and will not look at <laughs> their failings whatsoever. But I mean, it, in this case, you know, there, there are a few things for me in this case. The first thing is I would give him the benefit of the doubt on how his career has gone so far based on how he's managed it based on how he's always delivered he seems to me too smart to um certainly come up now on the 14th of august and say please get rid of neymar that is mm-hmm. that to me that is nonsense and that that smells to me like neymar's agent trying to mm-hmm. say look it's the redemption tour for neymar even though he's badly treated at the club yada 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 you know not necessarily his agent but people close to him that's one hypothesis, but um, so that's that's the first thing. The second thing is, uh, yes, he's petulant. Does he have a right to be to have that sense of entitlement? 
he's been their best player for four years. He's yeah. turned up. He's turned up all the time. He doesn't go to the Rio Carnival every year. You know, he's never injured. Uh, you know, he he is not like Neymar's been working hard on the pitch for the last four years. Even when he's been fit, it's not like he's tracked back or played for the team. You know, so I I I haven't liked. I didn't like what I saw with that with that act of petulance from from Bappe. I, I don't like that of any player, but he's not the first one. He's not the only one who's done it over the years. And I think he's too, he's too good and too smart to, for that to keep dragging on. So yeah, I, I, I give him the benefit of the doubt at the moment, but with PSG, the risk is always that they'll implode. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's what, uh, it's what they've done in the past with Nasser Al Khalifi. Now it looks like they've pushed him away with uh, with Campos and Gatti making the choices. Hopefully they don't shoot themselves in the foot with mm. uh, with on the pitch um, issues. Anyway, let's go to the to the, the second topic uh, because I think we're going to speak plenty of Paris Saint Germain this season. Mm. Uh, it's it's interesting. I was on a, on another podcast um, last night. It was going to be released this week. Uh, um, the tactics room on breaking the lines, and we were saying. PSG always seems like the low-hanging fruit mm. to talk about when you talk about Ligue 1 because they're PSG. But this season, I feel like we're going to talk about them in such a different light, positively. It's, yeah. it's a club that's finally well-structured, that it looks like they're doing the right thing and that tactically will be, I think, a joy to to analyze for good or worse. But because mm. the project looks clear and, uh, and, and football-focused, so... I'm looking forward to to talk more about Paris Saint-Germain the, for all the right reasons. Um, the rivals, Marseille, uh, <laughs> you know, different, different, different story. The rivals, right? I know, right? They, 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 they want to be rivals. Um, Marseille one one this weekend uh, against Brest uh, in Brest, and uh, and and I guess a bit of a poor outing. Um, Alexis Sanchez first game. Uh, Luis Suarez scoring two goals in the first game wasn't enough, so he stayed on the bench and he doesn't even come in. Um, uh-uh. Balerdi a bit scary, and, and a team who's definitely looking for for their style, for their um, for their automatism, for their habits. Um, great win backs with uh, with Klose and Nuno Tavares, but we almost uh-uh. expected that. Um, that's again, it's August, it's early days. Um, you've watched the, the Brest Marseille game, we've both been pretty impressed with Brest, uh, and equally disappointed with the amount of, of technical mistakes on the Marseille side, which obviously we're not used to under Sampaoli, but now it's Tudor's squad. Um, mm. Tudor's choices are either the smartest because he's in the locker room more than we are, and so he knows that a guy like Payet isn't fit, so it's okay mm. to bring him in even 20 minutes after Alexis Sanchez, who's, who's never put foot at the club before, uh, or um, or he's trying to do things only his way and, and can't be persuaded of otherwise, and that could be scary. Uh, and, yeah. and Payet could be one of them. Senji Zunder could be another one who, who plays in a position where he's not the best. Um, the defense, same thing. Like uh, we, we know that Balergi is prone to make a mistake, a, a game that can bring um, a penalty or, or something on, on on goal, but I don't want to blame you for that either. Um, what are, what's your feelings to games in Marseille? Well, first thing, four points out of two games. Uh, I think people have taken that considering the summer they, they've had. So you can't, you know, at the end of the season, no one will remember drawing 
in this on the second match day right and and how yeah. badly they played so because people have a short memory in football um if they win the other games yeah obviously <laughs> if they win their games yeah uh but you know i think it's just like you said it's august and he's finding his feet with with his team so he he arrived late it's it's a mishmash of people that he never signed and people that he brought on you know brought on late which is why the Luis Suarez thing was slightly surprising because that seems to have been his signing um and like you said the wing backs are working um it, you you know you can't discount the fact that they simply had a bad game and that happens and actually credit should be given to Brest because mm-hmm. straight from kickoff you could tell this was going to be a tough game. And I think it would have been a tough game for anyone turning up at the Stade Francis Leblay uh, on Sunday. So I think when you combine all those things, yes, there are there are slightly worrying things. I am confused as to how he wants Gerson to play when when he was having such a good end to last season. He's obviously trying to make certain plays fit. I mean, I... It fit within his system. I mean, Under mm-hmm. is not a number 10. He will never be. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the strength for it. Um, and he's inherited some weaknesses which in, are none of his doings. The, the back three that you mentioned <laughs> is he's had nothing to do with picking those players. So, you know, I think he's... he's I mean, I'm encouraged in the sense that he's got four points from, from two games. And... and, and and a wing back and some you can see little things working well um the concerns remain that he doesn't really have the dressing room behind him that the that the players don't seem to fit the way he wants to play um and and um and that those those are worries and and certain players don't seem keen on on delivering either because if we look at Milik's performance at the weekend mm. it was it was shameful so yeah, mixed mixed bag so far. Not unexpected because it's still very early on. I think you should you know you should always judge after seven eight games because you've had you know a fifth of the season is gone twenty percent. That's a decent <laughs> that's a decent amount of time. Um, so worries. Yeah, I I don't think my view of Tudor has changed from when he took over. The concerns remain, and from the fir- and from the first game. Especially when you look at how poor Reims were this weekend, it gives a sense that they were they were a weak, easy target uh, of match day one. You have a busy roster up front: um, Jason Payet, Milik, Bakambu, mm. um, Luis Suarez, Alexis Sanchez. They've put Jiang on the side, Sengizunder, mm. and then you go down the midfield. It looks like it's going to be hard to fight for your spot as well. Genduzi, Rongier, Veretout, Gay, and then you yeah. drop down. Nothing. <laughs> you got you got them three: Gigo, Mbemba, and Valerdi. But then no real competition. No one to really challenge that. And I think it's because this weekend I look at the game and I'm like, and I see all those guys coming in. Sanchez comes in just after halftime, and then Payet comes mm. in, and then Bakambu comes in, and we decide to leave Suarez on the side. Uh, and I and I look and I watch the game and I'm like, wow, that's that's a good bench, that's a good mm. European season ready kind of team. But then you look at the back and you don't have this. So I think I think there's a couple of additions that need to happen, and, and I'm sure they're happening. Um, but um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I kind of you know I kind of 
believe in what Tudor does based on the fact that here and there is using the right people at the right place with close mm. and, and you know Tavares, namely, mm. um, where he knows how good they are. So the ball is almost always going to the width. Um and, mm. and so hopefully um that'll help them get there. But uh, but yeah we'll we'll mm. reserve our judgment for when I, uh, when they have to play with three games, right? But yeah, but you know, I that's just that's just my personal view. But I'm a big believer in like you know the sense of dynamic of a dynamic at a club, and it it was very it's been very chaotic this summer at, at Marseille, um, and it it doesn't it doesn't inspire great confidence for me when I see that as, as a club at a club. So. That's that's whether it's Tudor or anyone else, you know. That's it. It it would be a really tough job for anyone coming in. Let's be honest. Um, and when you see behind the scenes, you're not really sure who holds the power. It's all it's all a little bit in flux. It's all a little bit chaotic. It's in a World Cup year, so players also want to be, you know, players like Genduzi, Rongier. They you know they want to break into the front squad and stay there. You know, people have different interests. It's yeah, it, it it doesn't fill me with with confidence. The the squad is too good to really fail. Although mm -hmm. you know, I think it, I had them sixth for this season because I I personally anticipate a difficult season. But <laughs> but um, shaking my head. But I'm I'm not getting <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting a feeling that it's all um, all aligned at the moment. And that's okay. That's also okay because it's very early. But you know, this was this was really falling right back down to earth after the 4-1 the 4-1 win last week and they and they have without without being too impatient about their performances um i have marked in in my calendar that lasts month before the world cup for marseille because mm. within a month they'd play paris lens strasbourg lyon and monaco just before the world cup break and nice. all those games will happen while the champions league is happening um, so at that time, we'll be able to make excuse for them not getting the points, but they need to get a lot of points before um, it, it gets to that. Um, anyway, and, and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll come back to that period a lot, a lot of times because it's going to be busy for all those teams that are playing in, um, in Europe. Uh, let's stay in the south and, and let's go to, to the neighbors um, and the rival. We'll just go, we just go from rival to rival. Uh, today it's going to be hard to find the transition for the next one. Um, <laughs> nice under Lucien Favre. Uh, I mean, you know, Lucien Favre came back and uh, it was like Jesus was reborn, and, and we find finally a, a, a coach that we've loved at Nice, and, and we can't wait for him to come back. And finally, football is back, and we're going to play the way we should be playing. Uh, and then a slow start. Um, players that I want to say insist with, although we don't really see them. Um, playing well enough, and I'm thinking about Stengs when I'm saying that. Um, the issues with the fullback isn't resolved. Um, mm. Lontomba, well, the goal this weekend comes on his side, uh, and, and I think Bar is still probably a bit young to to be the the only starter. Um, interest interesting start for Nice. You've watched the game Nice against mm. Strasbourg. Um, what have been your thoughts on on Les Aiglons? That that he again he I mean it's a recurring theme but he just needs a bit of time to put his imprint. I I did like the way he set up the the team. I mean you know he he put Guiri in a more central role, mm -hmm. um, trying to place him close to to Delors in kind of a free roaming 
second striker role, which I think is better than having him on the left wing uh, doing defensive work because he's he's excellent. Although he needs to grab a goal soon because that's he's been, had a bit of a drought. And then, you know, Stengs showed some interesting things. Um, Ilie, Rares Ilie, the, the young Ilie. Romanian, had a f- you know, few nice touches for what was probably his debut. Um, and then the back four kind of picks itself. So, you know, it's, it's the problem for me is th- it remains the, mid, you know, the central midfield area. I, I, I like Turam. I think he, he drives well, but he couldn't, he couldn't catch Tomasson in the second half. He just completely lost him. And Lemina, we know what Lemina is, which is bang average. Um, mm-hmm. So I think this is where I would want a bit more, I would want a bit more dynamism in their side, uh, in midfield. Um, that's that's what they're lacking and cover at fullbacks. So, you know, they have the same flaws that we saw last year. I think he he is trying to play, um, you know, an, at the moment. I think he's focusing on having his team well organized before before sort of unleashing them. And they were they certainly were that, but then they were completely taken aback at the start of the second half by Strasbourg, who, you know. You could imagine there was a really good team talk at halftime because they were possessed for the first 20 minutes of the second half. They played the same system, same players, but they just pressed much higher and and really put a spanner in the works for, for Nice. So it's a, it's early days. The their starting eleven has has talent, has has weapons. There's still something not really not really clicking there. And um, but Favre has got a good track record, so I think people should be cautiously optimistic. Is the way is the, <laughs> well? No, I think people should be optimistic. Is the way I would look at it. I, I think players are going to turn up. Uh, they're going to play better. I mean, Stengs can only play better than what he did last year, but mm-hmm. he's still he's still teaching and mentoring young players. That and so inconsistency is going to be a given with with those guys. And and they, I agree with you. I think probably the the concern again it's it's just the amount of games that are going to have to play this season, mm. uh, and how quick they need to adapt. I mean, they're playing the, the Maccabi Tel Aviv um, this week yeah. for uh, for their future in the Conference League. Um, and last week was Toulouse. Now it's Strasbourg, uh, and then after that that couple of week of uh, of European games, they they're facing Marseille. Uh, next week, so th- things are going to come quick. So, sorry, they're facing Clermont first and then Marseille. Mm. Uh, so things are going to to come up quick. I mean, I think, um, yeah, it's probably what we say every time. But a, we've just spoken about three new coaches, um, so it will it will take time. Uh, but also, Liga looks very competitive this season, yeah. uh, and uh, and this is going to be interesting to follow uh, every team because, as we as we said in our previews, uh, the fight for survival is. Uh, is crucial and and the spots for uh, European football next year are very few. Um, mm. So everywhere on the table, we're going to see um, teams that just can't make any mistake. And Nice, if they want to be where they should be with the budget that they have, with the player that they have, um, they'll have to, um, yeah, to to probably get results um, earlier rather than later. But we've seen Favre doing it in the past, uh, and so as long as the teams that are the players are buying in, and as long as he can fix that. Yeah, that little fullback um, issue and and potentially somebody to here and there give a rest to Dant because when they're going to play every three games every three days excuse me um, Dant in defense you know he's going to need yeah um, somewhere to uh, to actually step up 
um, they'll, they'll probably be um, able to do that. You, when you watch that game, and I think it's uh, um, they almost are lucky that first it was just Gamero up front and Azure came at the end. Uh, but what did you think about about down Todibo and about um, you know under Galche they were defending pretty quite low, like they were defending a bit higher. Um, mm. They get surprised with the ball, a beautiful ball by the way by Thomason mm. behind the defense. Um, could, could you see could you see that that issue with uh, with Dante under Favre um, shows his age? It's it's difficult if they really want to play up. It's going to be difficult for him. I mean, Todibo is a bit of a Rolls Royce for a centre back. He's he's very comfortable on the ball. He's got good pace. He reads he reads play. You know, he reads play well. He still has to improve. Um, I like the idea of a of a partnership where Dante can you know, mentor him throughout and, and he's still, I mean, he's still, I know he's like 38 or 39, which is ridiculous, but you know, he's still good on the ball and isn't get going to get caught out. He's smart. And we've seen that with Hilton as well in, in Liga, you know, who played until he was 41 and, and could make up his, his deficiencies. I, I didn't really get a sense if I'm honest that they were pressing very high or, or that they were pressing very hard. I think, in the first half, it was a pretty even contest. I, I thought they were a bit lucky to go ahead. Certainly, Nyamzi should have never thrown himself like that in the box. Yeah. That was a, a huge brain fart from somebody who was so reliable last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the second half, you know, it, it, it's interesting because in the second half, they were nowhere to be seen for the first 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden, it, they sort of woke up and felt, like they should really give this a go, and and they started to play much better. So again, I don't know whether it's a bit of a not a mental thing, but you know, it's difficult to unshackle yourself after a year of playing in a particular way, <laughs> especially when it's the same personnel, and and maybe they just need to get rid of that sort of institutional memory um, and feel more comfortable uh, with Favre, and that and that just takes a bit of time on the training ground, um, but. But you're right. I mean, if they're going to play every three days, depth is going to be an issue. And at centre-back, I mean, I don't see Dan Elliott's yeah. turning up and, and having a blinder a season. Um, he's, he's still limited and inexperienced. So it, it there are flaws in that squad and they need to address them if they want to have a good season. Indeed, they are. Um, let's go to the last game that you've watched this weekend. Auxerre against... Angers, and we have our, our first points for uh, um, the, the promoted squad coached by Jean-Marc Furlan. Uh, and we've seen what Jean-Marc Furlan can do, at least at the beginning of the, year, the game, because Auxerre really mm. uh, picked Angers cold with, uh, with a couple of games in the first 10 minutes. Uh, and then Angers slowly woke up and Auxerre ends up with, with only 10 players. Um, so Angers is able to um, eventually equalize and, and in the meantime, um, gave us a sight on another new young player that they, they're able to to get mm. out, Samana, who scored his first goal. Um, your your general feelings about the team, and also we talked about Osser a couple of times, um, they, they've they added very little. They're really mm. using their league, league the team to perform in Liga. Uh, and I, I'd say that, unfortunately, it shows. Um, what did you think watching that game against Angers? I, I enjoyed it. I, I like the fact that, you know, they clearly looked at 
their calendar and thought this is a game we can have a real go at and that's something I always respect Jean-Marc Furlan for is that he wants his teams to play good football even if they might take a battering once in a while and and they were certainly looking very sharp and confident to start with um, I, I thought they were a bit unlucky they, they edged the game and certainly 11 v 11 they edged it and I think they would have probably deserved to win it um, but you know it the the good thing with what they've done is that there's you know I was talking about that institutional memory at Nice that it was difficult to get rid of at Auxerre they've got it you know the those players have been here it's their third season probably with Furlan um, they know how he wants them to play they've got nice automatisms across the pitch I thought uh, Saki was a was excellent for them in midfield and and that's something to be enthusiastic about I mean there's the bottom half of Ligue 1, if I were also, I would look at those teams, especially at home, and think, I don't see any reason why I can't get at least a point. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's what made, I found encouraging for them, is that they did come in with that mindset. They could have been a bit overawed with first game back in Ligue 1 in 10 years, it's at home, you know, we maybe we should win this game, etc. It, it could have limited them and it could have made me, them feel quite stressed but it was the complete opposite so that's that's i find that encouraging but the the same questions remain you know firepower up up front and um and defensively they're going to be they're going to be a bit weak considered six in two games eh yeah i mean uh, yeah i mean their first game was i know Lille were good but three of those four goals were just also shooting themselves in the foot and waking up to the reality of things being a bit faster in Niga. I think this weekend that yeah, they showed flaws that that you would expect from a promoted side. I didn't I didn't feel like they were completely disorganized either, or that they made rookie rookie mistakes, but it's just it's just faster. The decision making is faster, the strikers are faster, their touch is better, that's something that they're learning, learning very, very fast. Angers on the other side, uh, two games, two draws. Uh, this week, a, a bit of uh, a bit unlucky, I'd say, with uh, with that second goal and on goal, perfect header by Hontunji that um, Bernardoni can't, can't do anything about. Um, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing Ben Talem um, showing his um, his experience. So, Buffal actually had a a good uh, a good um, twenty mm-hmm. minutes when he finally came in. Uh, but it is a team that. Worries. I think Angers probably m- mainly because of of defensively, it's it's new. Blazic, Chuntunji, Sabanovic this weekend, mm. um, and Dubias giving the the armband. Obviously, they've lost uh, their um, their historical uh, players that are, that have either changed club or, or retired. Um, we we didn't put them really high on the table when we did the preview. Uh, that game against Oser, did it change your mind? No, not really. Sadly. Going forward, it's just a bit too, too meh. I mean, you're, I, I'm a big fan of Batista Mendy in midfield as sort of an all-action, defensive-minded midfielder who who can grow. But, you know, I mean, if your most progressive central midfielder is Nabil Bentaleb, you're not, you're not, you're not. It's it's I, it's no disrespect to Bentaleb. It's just I think he's being asked to do much more than he's capable of. That's you know, and he lost the ball countless times at the weekend, countless times in midfield. So I, 
you know, I think, again, we, we know what the flaws in this team are. They've got a tough summer. They've had a tough summer. They're trying to rebuild, rebuild just on the fly with limited with limited um, quality. Means, I mean, yeah. players that they couldn't wait to get rid of last year, two of them started in Tube and Bernardoni, although I never understood why they want to get rid of Bernardoni. Mm-hmm. And then Lois Dioni, I think, has probably scored, what, five Ligue 1 goals in six years? Yeah, and he was and he was there starting, starting number nine. So they they're going to be dependent on Buffal. We know that they're going to be dependent on certain players having moments of little magic. And certainly, um, that young guy Salama seemed completely undaunted by turning up into Liga, and I thought he was excellent. Uh, so that's you know maybe a, a lovely surprise there, but it's. Defensively weak, and I don't see a lot of goals. That's that's a difficult, that's a difficult balance to have. Yeah, Tube, Johnny, and Unu up front to to start the game. It was uh, uh, circa 2010. Uh, all the uh, the maybe future great uh, strikers mm. who, who basically haven't uh, haven't lived up to their promise. It'll be an interesting one to to follow Hosier and Angers and how they uh, how they go um, in in this season. Uh, all right, let's go to our Twitter questions. There was a there was a bit of, of chat. I'll, I'll go back after uh, on on some of the other games, but I want both of us to treat those questions that we've had. Uh, and the first one, uh, thank you everyone, of course, who asked those questions, and and we're glad that we're answering them. Uh, Dieter van Gort, um, one of our friends. Um, Hi guys, what's your take on the red card of Fofana in Monaco Stade Rene? Should Nice fan be worried about their slow start? And will Igor Tudor be the coach of OM uh, at the end of the season? We've answered the middle question, uh, the, the worried about the slow start. It's just a start. Uh, but let's quickly talk um, about Fofana, I guess, a, a yes, no from you. Um, red card, not red card? Red card. Yeah, red I card think. as well. Think. Not malicious, bit clumsy, but if you stamp on someone... Even, even I know it's not a stamp, as in, you know, he's not evading a tackle and deciding to put his foot down. But as soon as you see the whole foot landing on somebody's ankle right in front of the ref, I think it's difficult. You're you're forcing the ref to make a decision. I think when you do that, and um, it'll be a big loss. Yeah, the ref is a meter away. It's on Terrier, and Terrier is not known for a. Over exaggerating no, yeah. um, and diving and all that, so yeah, I, I think the red is there. Uh, there could have probably been another red in the game with Mandanda when he uh, when he punches the ball, the face, and, and everything when uh, when they get given a penalty and then uh, he goes out injured, the the former Marseille keeper. Um, but uh, yeah, an, an interesting uh, an interesting one. The referees this this weekend, the the, the red card I think for Fofana was definitely worthy, but then there was a few penalty calls that were. Uh, uh, again, looking like the referees are hesitating about when do I give a handball, yeah. when when do I don't, and and some a little bit um easily given. Will Igor Tudor be the coach of OM at the end of the season? You answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> the club is more important. <laughs> um, I hope so. I hope so. Every, every club wants um stability and continuity. Uh, and and a regular club should be able to accept that a season doesn't go that well, um, as mm. long as they they back themselves and they back their choice and that they find the adjustment to make the team 
perform. So I hope, like, uh, you know, I'd like a coach who, who stays three years in Marseille, which we haven't had in, pff, I don't know, uh, since since 1963, maybe. Um, so so I hope that um, I hope that he's here at the end of the season. Uh, obviously, if he's here, that means that they're in the top five. Mm. Otherwise, there's no way um, that the Marseille fans are going to let that slide. And they've booed him before even seeing what the team could do in Liga. So uh, we know the we know the passion of uh, of our lovely crowd. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. Thanks, Dieter, for those uh, for those <laughs> questions. Um, just just made me happy in the morning. Um, the the next one, uh, Lee. Um, we're going to take them one by one because there's a bit. Um, have we all overrated Ren after a great 2021? 2022 season or is it too early to have doubt it's a rigid defense which is clearly an issue uh, and now they have to rely on their backup goalkeeper uh Theate is is the, the answer um they, they're probably the best performer in poor form so far um what what do we what do we think of Ren? I went out on a limb in my previews and I said they'll finish third so I can't disown that after after two games <laughs> um <laughs> Now, for, I mean, I'm not overly worried. And the reason I say that is because their games seem to, seem to have gone the same way, is that they've dominated, they've looked, they've looked really good, they've kept the same type of football as last year, and they've just been undone by individual mistakes. I mean, the Teaton goal last weekend was unfortunate. That's definitely a mistake, but it's also, you, you could call that bad luck. If I'm honest, the uh, and then you, <laughs> what can you do about your goalkeeper being so overly mm. casual like Alem Da was and and conceding a silly goal? I mean that's you you can't vouch for that if you're the manager or you, or the teammates, right? So to me, they're not structural issues. They're just it's August. Players aren't necessarily sharp, especially Alem Da who hadn't started the first game. Um, even Teate who's just strolled right into the first starting 11 but hadn't done a lot of preparation with with hen so you know considering they're still keeping as of this date their their best players from last season and they've added smartly i think rodon on loan with it when an option is 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 a great piece of business we'll see for teate i think kalimwendo is a great piece of business uh, will you know i'm still enthusiastic for them i, I still think They'll they'll have a good run and and they should be there or thereabouts. Yeah, I agree. I did say that I think last year they mm. somehow overperformed, but that's not to say that um, they're not going to perform at least well. Uh, you know, in, in in two games they're they're only able to score one goal, but they shot forty five times. Um, mind mind you, only thirteen of them were on target. Mm. Uh, but the firepower is there. They're leading um, Liga in stats as far as uh, passes. Um, as far they're not far as far as pressure, so the team is the same. They are playing the way um, they should be playing, and the way they've played last year, uh, they're creating um, they're creating goals almost every minute, uh, which is great to see. Um, so, so I think yeah, I think it's just like you said, um, luck is part of football, and and there's a bit of bad luck in those first two games, uh, and I'm sure we'll see them um, jump, jumping back. You know, you mentioned Brest, who had a difficult start of the season and then walked back up. Uh, Rennes last year until they win 6-0 against Clermont, uh, we think that they have a very poor start of the season, and then and then happen what happened. So so mm-hmm. I think it's it's early to uh, to judge them um, that way. 
uh, Lee, whose uh, who's, um, Twitter actually is Bigster99, um, I should have said, uh, has a second question um, about trois poor starts, uh, low par preseason, the rumors of unrest with, with Bruno Yorles that you had mentioned into the, the preview. Uh, and in the next four or five games, they are playing Lyon, Monaco, Rennes, and Lens. Um, do we think that Irles is the first um, Ligue 1 casualty? The, the context, Troyes has lost 3-0 this weekend at home against Toulouse after losing 3-2 uh, in Montpellier um, during game one. Um, the, the 3-2 in Montpellier was uh, was four goals being scored in the first 20 minutes with Troyes answering to, uh, to Montpellier every time. And then eventually Savani scoring a, a screamer at the uh, 81st minute. Um, Irles, is he the first coach to go? He's definitely looking like a good candidate. He's trying hard to. Especially after, especially with that running. I mean, that means after his first, you know, five, six, seven games, he'll he'll have gone. He've lost. He'll have lost the winnable games, and he's facing he's facing really tough opposition. I mean, he you know he did have some difficult times at the start last year as well when he when he took over and and then turned it around. Um, but they they need they need more firepower. They and we always knew they needed a bit more quality. Um, I thought the the defeat at the weekend was particularly disappointing because at home against Toulouse, who is an example for me of a, of a club riding a great dynamic wave and who I expect will do very very well this year for a promoted side. But but Trois, yeah, they would have been disappointed by that. Um, I actually, yeah, I mean, he's clearly one of the candidates. Interestingly enough, for me, it's also Olivier Dalolio at Montpellier. I know they won their first game, but they looked very shaky, and they needed Tiji Savanier to save them. And the defeat against um, PSG, you can write that off. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't count. But I'm still, I'm still worried for him. Uh, they end the season really badly. I think they, they've got the same issues. Nothing's, you know doesn't feel like things have been sorted out really even though they've got a good squad so Irles and um, and Dalolio would be my top two at the moment for most at risk I'll add, I'll add Oscar Garcia to that um, pre- <laughs> yeah. pre- precious list yeah. but, uh, yeah. but we'll see last year I said that and then yeah it turned out to uh, to save them so so yeah hopefully mm. hopefully it doesn't happen hopefully all the coaches stay for the whole season but yeah mm. those ones are the the one I guess that the that are a bit scary. Yeah, trois, trois, the struggles are there. They got Ike Ugbo back, uh, which is which is very positive um, for them, of course. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely a, a, a bit of work to do. And the last question that we um, had on Twitter was from um, Eskender Tamrat about a, a player that we don't know, basically, <laughs> just arriving in Liga. Um, Sarah Sevic, uh, Sarah Sevic, who's starting uh, to play with Clermont this season. Uh, and, and Eskander is asking, what can we expect from him this season and how much of, of that comeback, so Clermont being down 2-0 and winning 4-2, is down to Clermont play. I'll ask, I'll ask you to answer the second part of the question, knowing what we know about Clermont, uh, because to answer quickly about Mohamed Chan um, Sarasevic, uh, well, between him... Uh, and Andrich, the, the um, striker that they got from Dynamo Zagreb. Uh, all we know is that they scored goal where they were before, uh, but um, Sarasevic was in uh, second division in Austria and scored 15 goals and, and nine assists in 29 games, and that's how he got his move 
to Ligue 1, but uh, mm. but he's just going to be, I think, one of those uh, one of those unknown talents that might or may not uh, explode. It's it's a nice goal that he scores. I think mm. he's playing against a pretty weak defense, so <laughs> that helps as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, like if you if you'd him he play, what you think, and then what do you think about um, Clermont's football um, as a whole? I mean, I don't mind what Gaston does. <laughs> well, for you know, for Sarasevich, bit of an, unknown, an unknown, right? Unknown commodity. I think Clermont, because they're limited means, they're having to go that route of this, you know, uh, low risk gem discovery. I guess is the way to look at it, and um, and it certainly you know paid off in the last game, which is great for for everyone involved. You know, as to how much their comeback was down down to them, you know, Reims shot themselves in the foot. <laughs> quite quite admirably you know red cards soft pen let's call it that i think they were a bit unlucky with that and then they just completely imploded um but you the great thing about clermont is you can't you can never count them out right i mean they do generally have this wonderful fighting spirit um they'll keep going if the, you know they might be 2-0 down they'll keep going even if that means getting destroyed 4-0, at least they'll give it a real go. And in some cases, it really pays off. And that was the case the weekend. So, you know, I think Gastien, he's going to be safe all season. Nobody's going to ever think of sacking him, even if they end up with 12 points. I think there's just, there's a real, you know, community uh, at Clermont. And that's that's why and how uh, they survived last year. And they'll they'll do much of the same this year. Yeah, hopefully uh, the the coaches who do play football will be uh, will be rewarded with the with the results as well, uh, of course. Thanks everyone for those Twitter questions. Always a, a pleasure interacting with, with everybody and, and answering them. Uh, but just before uh, before we we close that one um, next week, Lyon is playing Troyes, Marseille is playing Nantes, um, Rennes, Ajaccio, Lille, Paris Saint Germain. Um, probably the game the most exciting. Uh, again, I'm so happy it's at 1 a.m. on a sun- Saturday night, Sunday morning, so I won't watch it. Uh, it's Monaco against Lens. Um, mm. what, what game do you do you think you're going to uh, to watch uh, cautiously this weekend? So I'll be, you know, I'll be on holidays, so with limited <laughs> access to, <laughs> as you to, should, to to Ligue 1. But uh, I'm I'm keen I'm keen to see how Lyon do because before they got. <laughs> Anthony Lopez sent off for that ridiculous challenge. You know, they were an appreciating Ajaxio are, are, are poor, right? That um they did look pretty good. I mean it was pretty you know, they were playing good football. Mm-hmm. They seemed quite well organized. Um so I'd be I'd be keen to see how they how they do, hopefully keeping eleven players on the pitch and um and seeing how they're gonna how they're going to organize their midfield. I mean, Usem Awar is going, which I think is a sh- is a shame. In all honesty, I think he's been mm-hmm. he has been hard done by. He's 24. He has Champions Crazy. League experience. He was a French interna- briefly a French international, and yet he's going to cost 15 15 million to go to the Premier League. I, I think somewhere you can have a go Awar for not having progressed, but I think he's been very hard done by over the last two or three seasons as to how he's being played. So somebody else is maybe going to have to step up. Um, I'm not convinced that Lucas Paqueta um, playing so deep, well, either will stay or oh, playing so, sure. so deep is, is 
is a good use of his talent. So yeah, I'll yeah, I'll be intrigued to see to see how they do because they've got they've got a good squad and like like I said earlier, ultimately they won that first game. Doesn't matter now how it how it was played. Uh, so they're they're the ones that I'll be keen to see what results they what result they have. Yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, it'll be uh, even harder for Troyes to have to face Lyon in their actual second game. Uh, mm. Both of them at home. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Obviously, uh, uh, Marseille not will will catch my eye, and Lille Paris Saint Germain. I think is mm. Paris Saint Germain's first tests against a, a Lille team that will want to show that they can, um, yeah, that they can challenge the the champion. So that, that'll be that'll be some good games. Baptiste, thank you for for coming on the pod and uh, yeah, for giving me uh, an hour of your time before you uh, you go on holidays. Um, Hopefully you, you don't stay too long and then we can we can get another pod on the way uh, soon, you and me. But thank you so much for your time. If you are not yet following Baptiste on Twitter, uh, please go for it. Le, Le Classic Pods, uh, a lot of great insight, a lot of great uh, match analysis this weekend that I couldn't watch most of the games. I was um, having a great time reading um, your tweets, Baptiste. So, uh, so good stuff. Um, anything that you, you want to plug in before before we go? How's the How's the pod going? Yeah, good. We, you know, we've we had done a sort of top fifty French Premier League players of all time. We've just we've recorded some of them. We're going to release them soonish. But we've put that slight. We're down to the. We're going to be down to the final two. Um, mm-hmm. But we've also started a kind of new series where, which you know, we're obviously creatively calling the Tour de France, and we're just looking at different you know, important regions, football regions in France and their main clubs and, you know, how how that region is seen in France and what great players, great clubs have have come from there. So we, we released one on, on La Bretagne, Brittany, and I think our next one is going to be on Corsica, which is a very feisty island mm-hmm. with fiery clubs, which is great. So, and we'll, we'll keep going. So that's, yeah, that's if, you, if you're going to listen to any of the new ones, that's the one I'd recommend. Well, that sounds that sounds um, really interesting. I'm looking forward to uh, to catching on that one. I didn't see the one from Brittany, so I'll uh, I'll, I'll give it a listen. Uh, thank you, Baptiste. Thanks everyone Not for uh, for listening. Of course, to to both of us rambling about Liga, uh, and I'll uh, I'll catch you soon, man. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>